0: In all of world history, no nations have been blessed by God more than America and Britain. Today, those blessings are slipping away. Hear God's alarming warning to our sleeping peoples. Next, on The Key of David, with Gerald Flurry.
1: Greetings, everyone. America became the greatest single nation on earth, and Britain became the greatest. Empire on this earth, and it was all because of Abraham's obedience to God. That's all explained in our book on the United States and Britain and prophecy, which has been sent out to over six million people in this world. The amazing thing about that is the this story revolving around Abraham is is right there in the very first book of the Bible. It's also discussed in the New Testament, but especially about Abraham. We have his history in Genesis. What is happening in America and Britain today? What what, uh, is our future? And what kind of a relationship do we have with God, the God of Abraham? who gave us all these blessings, all of the birthright blessings, and that is ex- explained totally and completely in our book The United States and Britain in Prophecy. So these promises were made to Abraham, and God decided to give them to America and Britain in this end time, descendants of Abraham. They are the- just the greatest blessings ever given to any two powers on this Earth. Those blessings, of course, could be taken away. God could do that. There is a LIMIT on them, how long they last according to your Bible. So is God blessing America and Britain? We do sing God Bless America, but is God blessing America and Britain? If you look at this, well, the information about Abraham and uh, what happened uh, to him, he was asked to sacrifice his own son. Now, that's something that's hard to even fathom, but that's what happened. And he did, well, he, he did, in his own mind, sacrifice his son, but God stopped him just before he put his own son to death as a sacrifice. Now that's astounding to people today, and yet I want to read to you what God said He was going to do for Abraham because of this obedience, this phenomenal obedience to God. Notice Genesis. 22 and verse 16 through 18. By myself have I sworn, says the Eternal, for because you have done this thing, and has not withheld your Son, your only Son, that in blessing I will bless you, and in multiplying I will multiply your seed as the stars of heaven, and as the sand which is upon the seashore, and your seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. Or it's in the, correctly translated in the Revised Standard Version, and your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. The Fenton translation renders it, and your race shall possess the gates of its enemies. The gates, uh, so far uh, the uh, material national promises of race. And in your seed, Christ, shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. This promise is spiritual grace. Because you have obeyed my voice. Now, the grace, of course, is uh, what happens at the end where God is going to offer salvation to all of mankind who've never known him. And that includes all of those who've ever lived. So, this promise here is unconditional. And when he's talking about gates, he's talking about these trading gates like. The Panama Canal, the Suez Canal, and the Strait of Gibraltar, and the South China Sea. And God is saying that He's going to give this power to these two powers in the end time the empire and the great single nation. If you look at Genesis 17, in the first verses there, it talks about multiplying you exceedingly, Father of many nations, and He, he said that your seed are just going to spread abroad or just BREAK OUT, it should read, to, to the west and the east and the north and the south, all over the world. Surely we know, should know where these two entities are! How could we not understand that? if we really know know anything about the Bible. Who received those mighty promises and prophecies? What a a TREMENDOUS blessing it is, and can we keep those blessings? God went on to re-promise those blessings to Isaac and then to Jacob, and here's what He said to Isaac in Genesis 26, verses 3 through 5, I will be with you, and will bless you, for unto you and unto your seed I will give all these countries, all these countries, and I will perform the oath which I swore unto Abraham your father. And I will make your seed to multiply as the stars of heaven, and will give unto your seed all these countries, all these countries. He says that twice here. And then, of course, it goes on to talk to Jacob about them being passed on to Jacob. And in Genesis 27, verses 26 through 29, and he says that when he talks about the people that received those blessings, he says, Cursed be everyone that cursed you, and blessed be he that blesses you. I mean, God really protected American Britain for many years. There's a limit to. How long that lasts, if you understand this and what it how it reads in the Bible, and our book will explain all of that to you. But how many people really believe something like that? This is just going to break forth before all the world. How could you not be aware of the greatest single nation ever on earth? Perhaps. Where could there be one greater? And the the very greatest EMPIRE on Earth, right now at least. How could you not notice that? How could you not SEE that? Well, if you look at Genesis 28 and verse 15, here's what God says to those birthright nations, And behold, I am with you, God says, and will keep you in all places where you go, God is here not referring to Jacob personally, but his descendants, who were to spread abroad in all directions, and will bring you again into this land, and I will not leave you until I have done that which I have spoken to you of. In other words, I'm gonna, I won't leave you UNTIL a certain time limit that those, those blessings will be taken away, these two nations get caught up in transgressions against God or sins, then there will be real problems. Real problems! God made a promise, and it has limits, and he, but He's going to fulfill His part. Genesis 35 and verse 11, and God said unto him, I am God Almighty, be fruitful and multiply, a nation, and a company of nations shall be of you, and kings shall come out of your loins. The Moffat translation renders it a nation and a group of nations. The Fenton rendering is a nation and an assembly of nations. So Here you have one great, wealthy nation, prosperous nation, and then you have another Company of nations, or a commonwealth of nations, that where the sun never sets on those uh, nations of that empire. That's how many they have all over the earth, at least at one time. This is, I tell you, it's just the enigma of the ages. What, what about this great promise from God? Men like Thomas. Payne and Robert Ingersoll looked at these prophecies and studied them, and they, they, they reached the conclusions that they had never been fulfilled, and therefore they didn't believe the Bible. But look, the very, very fate of the Bible being the revealed Word of God is at stake, and even the very existence of God is at stake here. If after all, if this wasn't fulfilled, then well, you can't trust the Bible and you can't trust God. But they were fulfilled in abundance if people really, really knew their Bibles and would listen to what God has revealed. I mean, so much is at stake here. This is a colossal promise. We have to. Answer and discuss this momentous truth. We must understand this and get into our Bible and prove whether or not it's so. And if we understand that, it opens up all the prophecy of the Bible. That's what it does. You can read that in the U.S. and BIP or the United States and Britain and Prophecy Book. Notice what it says in Genesis 48 verses 14 through 16. God says that uh, Jacob he was blind and he so he came before the lads and he crossed his hands and Israel stretched out his right hand and laid it upon Ephraim's head who was the younger and his left hand upon Manasseh's head guiding his hands wittingly now how did that happen he was blind but God intervened and said now nope, they've got it. You've got the wrong sons there. I want you to cross your hands, because it's not the way Joseph thought it was. God intervened miraculously to make sure the hands were put on the right sons. For Manasseh was the firstborn, and he blessed Joseph and said, Joseph meaning both sons, and said, God, before whom your fathers Abraham and Isaac did walk, the God which fed me all my life long unto this day, the angel which redeemed me from all evil, bless the lads and let my name be named on them. Let my name, Israel, be named on them, those two nations in this end time. Primarily, that is Israel, it's prophetic Israel, not the Jews. In the Middle East, they are a part of Israel, but they don't have the name of Israel today. Prophetically, they don't have it. They are the scepter nation. They have something else that's in many ways far more valuable. These verses conclude In the name of my fathers Abraham and Isaac, and let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. Let my name be named on them, not the Jews. Now that's what it says. And it goes on here to tell you when it's going to happen. I mean, it, this is narrowed down. We ought to know where this is all happening. So the national name of their descendants is Israel. And then, if you can go on in Genesis 48, verses 18 through 20, it talks about this single nation shall be great, but truly his younger brother shall be greater. He has an empire, and they. But they both really do remain together. That's why it says Joseph, because these two nations work together. They have in World War One and World War Two, and. Probably will do more in the future as they can. But notice Genesis 49 and verse 1. And Jacob called unto his sons and said, Gather yourselves together that I may tell you that which shall befall you in the last days. It's going to befall you in the last days. He's got all of them gathered together. And you can read Genesis 49 verses 8 through 10. It talks about the Jews, and they, they receive the scepter promise, that is, the king sitting on David's throne on this Earth from the time of David all the way down to the Second Coming, and then Jesus Christ takes that throne and sits on it Himself because it is a throne that was given to Him by His Father. Luke 1, verses 30 through 33 tells you that. What is going on here? Now notice here is the birthright blessings, and they came in the latter days. Notice this in verse 22. Joseph is a fruitful bough, the father of Ephraim and Manasseh, or America and Britain, in the modern names. Joseph is a fruitful bough. There is pictured the birthright promise of multitudes in fulfillment even a fruitful bough by a well, whose branches run over the wall." So that's just talking about in the last days this nation will they'll just run over the wall and they'll colonize all around the world, these people, because of the birthright promises. They're colonizing people. And then Joseph says in verse 25, They'll run over the wall and the that or past the nation's boundary and other words of colonizing people further in the prophecy, for Joseph for these last days it says the Almighty shall bless you with blessings of heaven above blessings of the deep that lieth under blessings of the breast and of the womb. These are birthright blessings in the latter days. What do you th- know about that now? We have to make sure that we get all of this right, but you can read Ezekiel 33, verses 1 through 6. It's about a watchman that the people choose, and it could only apply to Winston Churchill of World War II, and there are several historians that will tell you that he was the one responsible for saving Western civilization. You can only apply it to him there are some interesting things that have happened to him and empire of britain he fought all of his life to try to save that empire and to build it and it, this was central to his whole life and all of his actions a lot of people don't understand that but that is the truth that's the way it is and uh, even some historians don't emphasize that the way they should but his life was wrapped around the uh, British Empire. Now he didn't know. He sh- he could have known, but he didn't know that these were all God's blessings. Herbert W Armstrong was delivering that message around the world at that time, and Mr uh, Churchill wasn't looking for God or seeking him out as he should have, but he was uh, very moved by the British Empire. And there's just one example here, I'll just touch on it lightly here but it talks about what happened to the British empire to general gordon down in africa they had this huge empire and he was down there and he was attacked by some enemy and and the british people and the army didn't go out and save him and then that was a terrible thing to happen in the british empire before they had always struck back and would not allow anybody to get away with that. But then people began to talk, and the British people themselves, about, well, this, this is probably the end of the empire, and it began to descend after that. Now you have to think about America and Afghanistan and what's going on there today. What are our own people going to think about what is called the world's number one superpower? what are they what are they going to think about america as a superpower after this what is the world going to think and they are taking note of it everybody is concerned because our allies have been ignored and and certainly it's creating a lot of enemies for america but Churchill, see, after World War II, he was depressed because the great British Empire had almost collapsed, almost collapsed. Now that was what his life was about. Can you imagine after winning World War II and being depressed? But notice what God says that we need to be concerned about today. Verse 7 of Ezekiel 33, So you, O son of man, I have set you, I, God, have set you a watchman unto the house of Israel, therefore you shall hear the word at my mouth, and warn them from me. Now, God is saying this is is not a watchman chosen by the people. This one's chosen by God, God Himself, because primarily because it all leads into the Second Coming of Jesus Christ. You can see it here just by reading the context of Ezekiel 33 and Ezekiel 34. Now look at verse eight. You see, we're not talking about something that men have chosen. This is what God has chosen. Verse eight: When I say unto the wicked, O wicked man, you shall surely die. If you do not speak to warn the wicked from his way, that wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will require at your hand. See. This is serious business. If God gives a man a message to deliver, He says, You better deliver it, or you're guilty of their blood. Serious, indeed. Then verse 10 says, Therefore you, O son of man, speak unto the house of Israel. Thus you speak, saying, If our transgressions and our sins be upon us, and we pine away in them, how should we then live? How should we then live? God wants us to LIVE, so He gives us the answer. Verse 11, Say unto them as I live, says the Eternal God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked TURN from his way, and LIVE, TURN you from your evil ways. TURN from your evil ways. Wow! Well, what about that? God says we have to TURN if we're going to cling to those blessings. We have to TURN from our transgressions, and He's talking to all of us. Now, if you go ahead and look at verse 33, you'll see that it says, And when this comes to pass, lo, it will come, then shall they know that a prophet has been among them. They're going to see it'll be too late physically. But they're going to see that there was a prophet. This watchman was also a prophet, and he had a message from the very mouth of God. Now, this is specifically for God's latter-day, end-time Church, and I want to show you something. You can go ahead and read Ezekiel 34. I want to just read three verses of it, since we don't have the time to cover verses 11 through 14, but then you can read those yourself. But notice verses 22 through verses 24, Therefore will I save my flock, and they shall no more be a prey, and I will judge between cattle and cattle, and I will set up one shepherd over them, and he shall feed them, even my servant David. He shall feed them, and he shall be their shepherd. Well, this is, this is King David! He's going to be resurrected, and he's going to be over all Israel. And you know what? The Gentiles are going to be a PART of Israel. They're going to be a part of Israel at that time. Everybody is going to be Israel, and more specifically, even spiritual Jews. That's the plan that God has. Verse 24, And I, the LORD, will be their God, and my servant David, a prince among them. I, the LORD, have SPOKEN it. I have SPOKEN this. God has said, I have said this myself. This is going to be the end result of all this. There is going to be punishment and blessings taken away if we don't heed God's warning. But still, God is going to save humanity. He's going to save Israel. And He's going to bring all kinds of blessings to them when Jesus Christ returns, like they've never, ever, ever seen before. They're going to be far more than the birthright blessings. Until next week, this is Gerald Flurry. Goodbye, friends.
0: In all of world history, no nations have been blessed by God more than America and Britain. Today, those blessings are slipping away. Hear God's alarming warning to our sleeping peoples. In the past three centuries, God has poured out the miraculous blessings of rich land, abundant resources, sea gates, and unparalleled power on America and Britain. No peoples before or since have ever been so prosperous, but our nations have congratulated themselves instead of giving credit to God. Request Gerald Flurry's free book, Ezekiel, the end-time prophet, to understand why the abundance of America and Britain is now being stolen by a plethora of plagues. Your Bible foretells every curse that has ravaged our nations, and even worse curses soon to come. Prove for yourself that terrorism, race riots, and loss of world superpower status are God's strong response to America and Britain's rebellion against Him. Learn why the English-speaking nations are careening into the worst crisis ever known. Discover how this correction for our sins is all a part of God's master plan to establish His kingdom on earth. Also request Gerald Flurry's free book, The True History of God's True Church. Only one church on earth today is commissioned by God to declare a powerful warning message to the entire world. However. 95% of the members of God's Church have turned away from this sobering calling. Study the true history of God's true Church to uncover the 2,000-year history of the Church in seven distinct eras leading right up to the second coming of Jesus Christ. In this seventh and final Church era, God's messenger is blowing the trumpet of war as vicious enemies close in on America and Britain. You will also receive a free copy of Gerald Flurry's booklet, Winston S. Churchill, The Watchman. Churchill was the greatest political watchman of all time. His foresight saved the West from ruin in World War II. Yet Britain became complacent right after the war. It's as if our people have learned nothing from the shameful tactic of negotiating with mortal foes. In a last-ditch act of desperation, the British people chose Winston Churchill to lead them through the fires of war. Today no such political watchman exists, and even if he did, the people wouldn't choose him to lead. Learn how God is working differently to warn the world today through a leader chosen not by the people, but by God Himself. All our literature is available free of charge, at no cost or obligation to you. Request Ezekiel, the End Time Prophet, The True History of God's True Church, and Winston S. Churchill, the Watchman. Order now. For the free literature, call toll-free 1-800-339-7629. For the free literature, call toll-free 1-800-339-7629. All our literature is available free of charge, at no cost or obligation to you. Request Ezekiel, the End Time Prophet the True History of God's True Church, and Winston S. Churchill, the Watchman. Order now. For the free literature, call toll-free 1-800-339-7629. For the free literature, call toll-free 1-800-339-7629.